0: good evening dear friends all right john chapter 11 it's a it's a bit of a long one so strap yourself in now a man named lazarus was sick he was from bethany the village of mary and her sister martha this mary whose brother lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the lord and wiped his feet with her hair so the sisters sent word to jesus lord the one you love is sick when he heard this jesus said this sickness will not end in death no it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then said to his disciples, "Let us go back to Judea." But Rabbi, they said, "A short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and you are going back." Jesus answered, "Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble." for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone.
1: Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Jono. For those who do know me, my name is still Jono. It's <laughs> a good one, isn't it? Uh, it uh, never grows old. Um, it's good to open God's Word with you, and uh, I'll ask you to pray with me again as we uh, come to reflect on this part of God's Word. Let's pray. Father God, we, uh, we thank you for your Word. We ask that you'd help me to speak, help us all to listen, that we would hear your Word and take it to heart, and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, according to a, uh, an Australian community survey, hopefully I've got control here, let's see if this is working. Whoop, uh, whoop, 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 going back. There we go, I do have control. Um, according to an Australian community survey in 2019, 59% of Australians believe in life after death. Uh, that was actually an increase um, uh, from about 45% a decade earlier. Um, a second statistic: 47% of Australians surveyed said that they believe that Jesus was resurrected bodily from the dead. Now, just take that first stat: more than half of our population, only six in ten, believe in life after death. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter three, verse 11, that, that speaks to this. It says, "He has set He God has set eternity in the human heart," and I think that rings true for people. Uh, We have this sense that that there is life beyond this life. You see it at funerals, certainly you see it at Christian funerals, but you see it at other funerals as well, this idea that's expressed that that the person who's died is, well, in a better place or looking down on us or still with us in some sense. There's this belief in life after death. Do people really believe this? I don't know, maybe it's just something that's sort of said to, to help cope with the reality of what's going on and but I think it is intrinsic to us that 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 life is meant to be bigger than this life which of course is why death seems so alien so horrific so such a violation that why why death is wrong now you might be thinking gee John, this is not very cheery you know it's Easter day and came along to church, you know, for some good news, something happy, a bit of distraction, maybe some you know, Easter bunnies and chocolates and whatnot. Um, we've got to talk about death. Isn't Easter meant to be a time of good news and happiness and life? Well, I want to say that actually we only see the extent of the good news, the, the magnitude of the happiness, the fullness of life that Easter brings. We only see that when we see it against the backdrop of the problem that Easter addresses, the problem of death. Uh, we typically try not to to talk about death or even to think about it, Uh, we try to avoid it completely, but Easter actually faces up to the problem of death and blows it out of the water. So let me ask you, do you believe in life after death? It's actually a question that Jesus uh, asked Martha in the the Bible reading that we've just had. Uh, He talks about life beyond death and and how to have it and then he says to Martha at the end of verse 26 he says do you believe this well how can we how can we how can we believe this how can we know is belief in life beyond this world Is is it just kind of in the realm of superstition is it just wishful thinking is it is it just a sentimental thing to say at a funeral to help us to feel a bit better about things is life after death? Is it a great unknown? What if someone who knew came? What if someone who had experienced it told us? What if someone who is bigger than and more powerful than death spoke and showed us? Well, these words in this book that we have before us tonight show us the way to life beyond death. And it's not in the realm of uh, a great unknown or of super, superstition or sentimentalism, it, it's not vague and, and out there. So look with me at the words of Jesus as recorded in John chapter 11 because they contain the most wonderful and profound news that we can know. Now today is of course a um, uh, About the resurrection of Jesus. This is Easter Sunday. You might be wondering, why is our Bible reading uh, not about Jesus rising from the dead? We are actually going to have a a second Bible reading um, a little bit later on, but I want us to focus on the events of another man's life and death, of a story that, well, it acts as as a pointer to the resurrection of Jesus. It highlights for us the significance of Easter, so we pick up the story in uh, john chapter 11 with this man lazarus along with his sisters mary and martha who were friends of jesus and it says there in uh, john 11:1 1 that they were from the village of bethany which was a little village about two miles from jerusalem and uh we read that lazarus was sick he was ill he was seriously ill and this was life-threatening and so Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus, who's some distance away at this point. They send the message to him, which says, verse 3, Lord, the one you love is sick. Your friend is sick. Now, the implication of their, their statement isn't spelt out, but it's pretty clear. That, I mean, Jesus has healed other people miraculously. And, and they're saying, look, Jesus, come and, come and heal Lazarus. Now, Jesus knows what's going to happen. And so he announces, verse 4, he says this sickness, where are we? Nope, too far. No, it's not there. This sickness will not end in death. Sorry, it is there. It will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. This sickness won't end in death. He's not saying it, it won't lead to death, but it's not going to end there. There will be life after death for Lazarus. So, Mary and Martha send the message to Jesus, your friend is sick, Jesus has power to heal people. So what does he do? He rushed straight back to Bethany to heal Lazarus as fast as he can. Well, no. Look at verse 5. Now, this is strange. It says, now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he rushed back to Bethany. No, it doesn't say that, does it? He stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Jesus stayed away because he loved them he waited two days why hang on to that question we'll see why in a moment but Jesus tells his disciples after two days he tells them we're going to head south again to Judea Uh, the disciples remind him that maybe Judea is not the best place to be going and that was the place where you know people tried to stone you to death not a really good idea Jesus Jesus brushes off their objection And tells them why they're going he says verse 11 our friend lazarus has fallen asleep but i'm going there to wake him up and they miss the point they think he's fallen asleep good he probably needs some rest if he's unwell he'll sleep it off he'll get better jesus tells them plainly verse 14 lazarus is dead and for your sake i'm glad i was not there so that you may believe but now let us go to him and so they set off now, when they arrived jump down to verse 17 it says on his arrival jesus found that lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days now think about the maths of this when they arrived lazarus had been dead for four days now they'd waited two days before setting off if they hadn't waited those two days and they'd gone there straight away they would have they would have got there two days earlier but he still would have been dead for two days instead of four days Either way, whether they left straight away or waited the two days and then left, Lazarus would still have died. Why wait the extra two days? I think it was to make clear beyond any doubt that Lazarus really was dead. He hasn't just been dead for two days, he's been dead for four days. Now, apparently I read that in first century Jewish thinking, uh, when someone died, it was thought that, that the person's soul hung around the body for, for three days. So perhaps this is... If that's feeding into their thinking, this is making the the statement very plainly and clearly, Lazarus is really dead and gone. Jesus arrives, Martha goes out to him, Uh, she says, verse 21, 21, there we are, Um, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Martha expresses her faith in Jesus. I know you could have healed him, Jesus. Does she believe that even now, maybe Jesus could bring him back to life? It kind of maybe suggests that, but then later on we see she seems to doubt. Jesus reassures Martha, verse 23. He says, your brother will rise again. Now Martha answers, I know he will rise again. In the resurrection at the last day what Martha's saying here is she's echoing a uh, the the Jewish understanding from the Old Testament that one day there will be a great day of a final day of resurrection and judgment Um, we see this in the Old Testament for example in uh, uh, Daniel chapter 12 verse 2 it says multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life others to shame and everlasting contempt so Martha knew this from her scriptures and she believed that, that this last day was coming and so she would have heard Jesus' words as well a, a general comfort that, look, Lazarus is going to rise again and have life beyond this world in the final day of resurrection. Martha says, yeah, yeah, I, I know. But then Jesus says something staggering, something so profound, so far-reaching that, that this little incident of an obscure first-century Jewish man, has has become a beacon that shines out to the world, that shines down through the ages to us sitting in a warehouse in an industrial area here in some 2,000 years later. Jesus says, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, the one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus says, the resurrection, the judgment day in the end, life after death, I am the resurrection and the life. It's tied up in me, says Jesus. There's no resurrection. There's no life outside of me. If you believe in me, you will live. Even though your physical body will die, yet you will live, says Jesus. And then Jesus asked Martha, and through the pages of John's Gospel, he asks us. Do you believe this? Do you believe that life is tied up in me, says Jesus. Martha replies verse 27, yes Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who was to come, who is to come into the world. Martha says, yes, I I believe you're the one sent from God. Martha knows that in the future, Jesus will bring life beyond death in the resurrection at the last day. And and yet she's struggling in the present. She's grieving the loss of her brother. Likewise, the sister Mary is struggling. Uh, Martha goes, gets Mary, brings her back. Mary rushes uh, to Jesus, falls at his feet and says, verse 30, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She knows jesus has power over sickness she knows that jesus could have prevented him from dying and mary is distressed she's she's weeping but then look at verse 33 it says when jesus saw her weeping and the jews who had come along with her also weeping he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled the word there that's translated in our bible is deeply moved it's a it's an unusual one it kind of has a it's more than being moved it has the idea of of anger of indignation jesus saw the the fallenness of and the brokenness of this world that's that's suffering under death and he's deeply moved he's angry and indignant in spirit and troubled he says where have you laid him they say come and see lord and then we have the shortest verse in the Bible. John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. It's a profound verse. Jesus wept. Why? I don't think it's because he's missing his friend Lazarus. I mean, he knows what he's, what he's about to do. He's, he's plan he's to bring him back to life, to wake him up, as he said to his disciples. Why does he weep? Because he looks at this broken world he's confronted by the suffering the grief the brokenness that death brings the human sin has wreaked havoc and jesus sees this and he weeps sometimes when people encounter bad things in in this world they, they say things like why doesn't god do something about it doesn't he care you know is god just at a distance turning a blind eye to human suffering No, God does care. And God has come near. Jesus has seen, he's encountered death and he's rightly angered, he's indignant, he's troubled by the brokenness and suffering that that our sin has brought to this world. Jesus wept. But more than that, he came and he did something about it. Verse 38 says, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb." It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he's been there four days. Jesus says, Look, take away the stone. Martha says, oh, Hang on. And she points out a, a harsh reality. Notice there that Martha's described in verse 39 as the sister of the dead man. I mean, we knew that, right? I think it's just underlying the fact that, that the man is dead which is further underlined by what she says by this time there there's a bad over because he's been dead for four days the old king james version has a, a lovely translation of the of the verse that says uh, but lord by this time he stinketh <laughs> for he has been there for four days good word stinketh. see if you can slip that into a sentence um, somewhere <laughs> this week martha points out that Lazarus' body would have, it would have started to decay. It's been four days. I mean, Martha believes, but is she really expecting Jesus to, to reverse death now? Jesus says, verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they take away the stone. Then Jesus prays, and, and really his prayer there is a, is a prayer that, that those around him would know that he is sent from God. What's about to happen is not only meant to show what Jesus can do, it's meant to show us who Jesus is, that he is sent from God. And then Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! He stands with the authority of God, the one who's sent from God, and he declares his authority over death. Some have commented there's a good thing that he specified the name Lazarus because such is, so great is his authority that if he hadn't at his command, all the tombs would have given up their dead. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And verse 44, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus gave life to the dead man. Jesus has authority over death. And his authority is is ultimately shown not long after this, at the site of another tomb, where another stone had been rolled away, where grave clothes were left behind, where Jesus himself rose from the dead, defeating sin and death once and for all. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this i think so often we we kind of go about our life in our own strength with our back turned to god which if he's our creator that's kind of a ultimate foolishness and yet he's also the god of compassion and he is for now patiently bearing with our folly looking upon the brokenness of our lives looking upon the brokenness of our world a world plagued by sin and death a world that has turned its back on its creator but not just looking upon it he's done something about it he has come to us and stands before us in jesus and declares i am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die he calls on us, he invites us, in fact he commands us to turn back to him. Our world has turned its back on God and yet Jesus stands over that and he says that if our trust is in him, then we will live with, as people with real hope, we'll live with a real future, we'll live with real life both now and beyond this world. That's a message we need to hear. That's a message our world needs to hear. Now, I don't know what each of you thinks. Some of you might be thinking, gee, John, that's a big claim. It's a big claim for this man some 2,000 years ago to stand in a little town two miles from Jerusalem and claim to be the way to eternal life. Uh, To claim that believing in him is is the way to have life for, for all people across all places throughout all time. It is a big claim. But it's a claim that's been backed up. It's been validated by God through this man Jesus himself rising from the dead. Jesus gave proof of this reality by rising from the dead. If you need convincing about that fact, look into it, investigate it, examine the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus. You can start by reading the eyewitness accounts recorded in the Gospels. It's not based on some vague philosophy some kind of wishful thinking, it's based on the fact of an event of human history. And this reality changes everything for all of us because it means that we, we live now, not just for now. We live not just as if, well, we live, we die and that's it. No, we live the next 2, 5, 10, 20, 50, 80 years, whatever God may give us for eternity. We live now for life after death so let me ask you this easter sunday what do you make of jesus how will you respond to him as he stands before you in the pages of john's gospel and says i am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though he die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die friends do you believe this let's pray Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you have come near to us in the Lord Jesus. We thank you that you care. You care about the brokenness of this world. You care about the brokenness of our lives and you have done something about it. Father, we confess that that we are the problem with this world. We've turned our backs on you and, and we deserve your condemnation but Father, we thank you that in Jesus, you have come near to us. We thank you that in Jesus, you've taken the punishment for sin in our place. Thank you that he has defeated death by rising to new life. And we can know that, we can celebrate that. Father, we ask that you'd help us to believe in Jesus, to have life now and for all eternity. Help us to put our trust in him and to live now for him. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think we're going to sing now, is that right, Ben? That's right. And then we're going to have a second Bible reading, which is the reading of Jesus' resurrection.
0: All righty, John 19. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby... but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at his head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? (laughs) They've taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, "'Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him.' Jesus said to her, "'Mary.' She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, "'Rabbani,' which means teacher. Jesus said, "'Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, "'I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God.' Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, "'I have seen the Lord.' And she told them that he had said these things to her.